Welcome to my basement, everybody. We got some incredible news today with uh, Xbox and Bethesda teaming up. Xbox is buying Bethesda, or ZeniMax, the parent company, for $7.5 billion. I've asked my friend uh, Sam Moscovich from Ars Technica to join us, and uh, we are going to be talking about what this means for uh, Xbox and uh, for um, the video game industry. Sam, how are you doing, buddy? Thanks for jumping on with me this morning. You know, just taking a break from my anarchist life here in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> uh, you know, doing all right. But this, yeah, I woke up and uh, saw this pop up on my video. Oh, okay. And then went back to sleep. Because it was one of those things that's both crazy yeah. and yet entirely makes sense. I mean, that, that seems to be the, the take you were giving me when we were chatting just a second ago. Yeah, I think this is, uh, you know, Bethesda has wanted to be a, a a huge game publisher for a long time, but it's, of course, incredibly expensive and challenging, especially for a company that started in, you know, like full on, it was a developer, it was making games, and it grew and grew and grew and had a lot of success and wanted to spend its money by acquisition and giving other people opportunities. But uh, this flips the switch to well, 11. Let's Let's back up and talk about the the deal is that it's ZeniMax, which is the parent company of Bethesda Game Studios right. and a bunch of other subsidiaries. So when we shout the word Bethesda out and we're talking about the video game industry, yeah. uh, we're talking about uh, this umbrella of id Software, of Arcane, of uh, I'm blanking on some of the other names, but there's a nice tidy list of all of the stuff that's, oh yeah, I've got it right here. Uh, we've got uh, Tango Gameworks. We've got all these uh, Alpha Dog. We've got um, whatever that other tiny one is that I can't see on the list. <laughs> but there's but there are a number of teams that are all part of this Zenimax umbrella. And Microsoft has now paid three times the price it paid for uh, Mojang uh, yeah. when they acquired uh, Mojang and essentially Minecraft. That was about two point five billion, and this is seven point five billion. In cash, this is not a stock option deal. This is not one of those. This is the, the, the acquisition offer, which I, I don't know exactly what the regulation plans have to go forward with at this point. We're still looking into exactly what that is. But yeah. that's that, that this is moving forward with with essentially that Zenimax umbrella of being a private game yeah. publisher, yeah. not on the stock market, now saying, you know what, Microsoft, let's go. Um, I want to start, uh, if you don't mind, Vic, because I love talking about games business, yeah. um, is that this was the summer in which two things were bubbling. Number one, Microsoft kept getting linked to uh, acquisition deals in sort of the games and media sphere. Yeah. Uh, one of those was TikTok, which I thought would have been a terrible idea because Microsoft had just killed a program called Mixer which is their own live streaming service that was designed to compete with Twitch, never did, mismanaged from the go. And so the idea of them handling and running TikTok to me was just a laugh. Like maybe crazy, somebody yeah. maybe somebody in Microsoft leadership these days had a good idea about that, but that didn't happen. So there was one of those. Then another rumor that was bubbling around was, you know, WB is kind of on the chopping block because of AT&T, Time Warner, Max, whatever the heck they're calling themselves, that whole mess, and they wanted to be rid of that. So that's all bubbling on one side. But then on the other Bethesda was quiet this summer. Do you right. you know how every game company seemed to have some sort of YouTube or streaming content? You had Very your good point. every yeah. every company had a direct. Every yeah. company did. And what Bethesda was able to do was they were able to sneak in their like 
hey, we've got some PlayStation deals. We're going to be on PlayStation. We've got two games. They're going to be PlayStation exclusive. And that was it. We didn't see a big uh, Bethesda Direct that combined Ghostwire, uh, Deathloop, Elder Scrolls Online, and these other ongoing concerns of theirs. Not even like, hey, Doom Eternal is going to get DLC eventually. Like that didn't happen. So yeah. those two things are happening. You've got Microsoft clearly aiming to put money, its war chest money somewhere that could be future-minded. And you've got Bethesda kind of waiting it out. And my guess is Bethesda somehow either locked in with Microsoft early on or were very careful about wanting to be acquired because we nobody Nobody at any rumor mongering site. How was did they talking keep that secret, right? <laughs> like, what a thing to wake up to on a Monday before the day before the pre-orders go. But you know what? I mean, this is this is a world war that we're <laughs> facing in the video game industry. This is uh, you know massive conglomerates buying up incredibly talented developers and putting them on the you know on the board of Risk, I guess, or whatever other board game analogy you want to make, and saying these are our pieces, these are our pieces. And Microsoft has been making some incredible moves. Let's not you know you and I have talked about that before, but this is a whole other level. This is brands that you know are synonymous with the word video game and are incredibly important to the medium. And I think the big question that a lot of people have, and I'd love to throw this to you and also to chat, is does Bethesda, under the guidance of Microsoft, still retain its multi-platform uh, you know, uh, reputation? Or are we talking Doom sequels are exclusive to the Xbox platform and Game Pass? The thing that Phil, Phil Spencer has touted for so long at this point is that Microsoft is ready to make that gamer money wherever they can. Yeah. So what I truly believe is that there is going to be some very selective distribution of Bethesda slash Microsoft IP to other platforms as drives interest and fandom in Xbox. Uh, because they know that the money, like um, Mojang and Minecraft was an incredible sort of uh, document that no other gaming company has truly followed of right. saying, we're going to make sure that players are supported. And we're also going to make sure that Microsoft has a couple of things that if you stick with our platforms that you might not get everywhere else. Case in point, I, I would not be shocked to see Minecraft continue with ray tracing and other effects exclusively on Xbox uh, series while other versions of Minecraft continue to be compatible and lose some of those bells and whistles. Like, And so that is kind of my guess for the just the baseline expectation that stuff right. will appear on future consoles. That being said, I sincerely doubt that Elder Scrolls, whatever the Elder Scrolls six, I sincerely doubt it will launch on any other platform simultaneously. I truly believe that that will be an Xbox and Windows 10 ecosystem launch exclusive because that even if the game is crap, that is that is platform cachet. That is a known name that is right up there with Halo in terms of when people think about the sort of earliest era of Xbox, they think about Halo and they think about Elder Scrolls being on a console. Yeah. Uh, and that continued, like, even though it was on PlayStation, uh, the last the Skyrim was better on 360. Yep. Uh, and that was at a time when 360 was kicking butt just because it was easier to develop on, et cetera. So that yep. was like that was when previously on Elder Scrolls, when we talk about the history of that franchise. Yes. Xbox has that. So I truly believe that will be the case while everything else is just going to continue to appear wherever because Microsoft wants users. They want goodwill and they're going to get that out of boatloads just by default by the Bethesda name. 
they really are. I saw one of my uh, my buds on Twitter talking about this, JKB, uh, talking that Game Pass is going to supplant Xbox. Like people are going to know Game Pass before they even think of the term game uh, Xbox in the future. It's not. It's going to take a while, but they really are building this uh, more aggressively than anybody. This this kind of Netflix for video games, and with studios like this and the you know the catalog that this uh, you know company brings to the table, um, they're moving ever closer to something like that. And I also feel like the next switch and the current existing partnership that. Uh, uh, Nintendo and Xbox currently enjoy with games like Ori and Cuphead and stuff could easily get a, a Game Pass app, and that would be massive, right? And why wouldn't they want a Game Pass app on Nintendo Switch? Because no, 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 they don't. Nintendo and Sony continue to operate in what I believe this is one of the biggest gaming business splits between the East and the West. Yeah. The West is really sees that subscription value because it sees how users get hooked onto platforms and get in with, with when you pay a subscription every month, it, it's kind of silent. It's a silent charge. You don't even think about it. Right. And that is why so many people just have Netflix on their monthly bill and other services on their monthly bill. Cause they go, well, this is going to get me everything I need for me and my family. So great. That's easy. And that means every user is definitely paying at least $15 a month, which you don't always get when there's rentals, when there's used games and when there's piracy right. uh, on, in the East, the user acquisition is a lot of I want to get you hooked in and continue to pay for each title, whether it's through microtransactions or through purchases at traditional retail. That split continues to exist. And Sony made that really clear when Jim Ryan came out last week and said, we're not going to do that. We're, we're driving big experiences. We, we, our big experiences should cost a retail price. They are worth it. That is our, that is our reputation. There is something about, there's almost an honor to it. Uh, in the way that I've seen that. And I don't like to do those sort of delineations specifically. Both sides are going to continue, uh, East and West are going to continue with interesting economic strategies. But what Microsoft has here is is a chance to continue saying, boy, look at how much money this drives. Guaranteed. Every yeah. month. Because we don't have to worry about used sales. We don't have to worry about rentals. We don't, whatever it is that might keep the money out of our pockets is going to definitely go into our pockets. And, and then from there, that's also the question of, well, Xbox has always been a more to my, in my case, multiplayer kind of world. And what game pass has done already is said, Hey, you and all your friends who all subscribe to game pass all have the same games for sure. All have the same multiplayer games. When you want to boot up with your buddies, three, four five guys, girls and get onto a, a party and party up and be like, okay, what games do we all have in common? That's another thing right there. Yeah. So I so do. Why, why does Nintendo say, no, we don't want game pass on switch Two. They, they don't want, they don't want to feel like a subsidiary, a subsidiary of any other company. And that's why they've built their own hardware for so long. Nintendo wants that platform control. They've always wanted that platform control. Right. Uh, otherwise, we would have had Nintendo games on Android by now. Like that's it's 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 about platform control and Nintendo saying this is our place and you have a hundred percent guarantee that no one is going to say something dirty to you on the internet. Okay. Like there's it's just one of those that from all of that it all trickles down from there. I guess so, right? Yeah, because they, they, they then we're introducing Xbox Live into the uh, uh, Nintendo architecture. I, I don't think 
Xbox wouldn't want that. That's the weird thing. Like, I feel like Xbox would want a PlayStation 5 space, you know, if they could make an Xbox Game Pass on PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah. I, they, I, I'm, they that's going to happen that. any day. Yep, yeah. it's come, that's going to be the announcement next week. It's going to be Phil and Jim hugging. You know, they're going to have masks on, but they're going to find a way to socially distance while also touching and being like, we're doing it. You know? I, no, obviously, obviously, Xbox wants to be on everything. Yeah. And obviously, the whether you buy the box or not is not as relevant. Now, right. when you own the box, or I'm sorry, when it when your customer chooses Xbox as the box, that locks you in that much further. Mm -hmm. And so that's nice. And that's why that hardware strategy is going to continue. They're not we're going to continue to see the Xbox as a box because that simply it, it, it lets them tread the water. It continues yeah. bringing in revenue, locking yeah. people in. They don't I don't know how much money they're going to lose on Series X and Series S, but I don't think it's that much in terms of getting people locked in and yeah. seeing what Game Pass is and seeing how that all streamlines together. You but, know, it's so funny though, like all of these companies are fighting totally different battles, you know? Like they, Nintendo has their way, Sony has their own way. I mean, you can, you can throw this down as a console war, but... It's like a philosophy war, you know? Well, like It's also a war for so much money because the yeah. number of people who call themselves gamers yeah. in whatever capacity, whether it's tapping on a puzzle game or going full-blown MMO, right. it's just, it, it all continues to rise because people are continuing to, that digital fluency raises. The, I mean, you think about, gosh, I looked back at a retrospective about games on the N64, a game mm. selling 3 million copies. Massive. Was huge. I know. Yeah. Like now you look at that and like, that's pretty okay. I mean, yeah. God, uh, Hades, which just launched out of um, early access on all these different consoles. It's by Supergiant. You just talked to the guys at Supergiant. Yep. They just hit the 1 million threshold yep. on a game that's had like no television advertising and nothing on TV. And it's certainly not on the Switch. Last and week. it's certainly not a, a Bethesda level game. But what yeah. I think is interesting about this Bethesda acquisition is this is the best time that Bethesda could say, here's our whole slate, our whole portfolio, all yeah. of our games, because I'm yeah. not sure that the Bethesda reputation is the number one best, most sterling thing ever. I think Doom Eternal didn't blow people away the way, critically, the way the first Doom 2016 did. It was just good enough. Fallout 76, it got kind of back on its feet, but I don't see everyone going around going, wow, they completely fixed it. You know, it's yeah. it's People, there are people who love it, but it's not like the number one, oh my God. Elder no. Scrolls hasn't come out in a while. We don't know when. Uh, Starbound? Starfield. Starfield? Yeah. See, I can't even, I don't even know the name. Um, <laughs> you know, there, Prey, it's been, it's, that one did fine. Evil Within, I don't know when the next one of those might ever come out. We've got two games landing on PlayStation that are brand new series. Those could be killer. Those could be duds. We don't know. Right now, the Bethesda is not at the Skyrim level. No, and I think part of the problem and part of the reason why Bethesda wanted to do this deal is that it's really freaking hard to be a publisher. You know, we see companies that are, uh, you know, evaluated even 10 times more than what Bethesda just sold for struggle with this, you know, and have trouble year in, year out, and they have to kind of... Uh, you know, sort of float along the choppy waters when they screw up and a couple of titles don't sell or people hate the practices or there's a uh, a major backlash like we saw EA have to deal with with uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 and they have to contend with it and they have to answer it with new software that sort of brings people back or some updates. That's expensive and it's hard to go through and Bethesda has gone through some shit by this point, you know? Like Absolutely. They've, got, they've gone through a lot of hate and pushback and I think they they needed the 
backup, quite frankly. Well, you know, when you go into not one but two console exclusives with Sony, that's yeah. a pretty good sign that you as a publisher are looking for anything firm you can get. We've right. seen this before with publishers. Capcom famously got into a whole Sony exclusivity mess with both Marvel versus Capcom Infinite and Street Fighter V. Right. Like, it, it, Big publishers need whatever guarantees they can get. So I am absolutely not shocked that Bethesda would look around and go, okay, we sh maybe we maybe we can get out of this nice and clean. Um, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what changes because yeah. all these mergers always begin with the promise that everything is going to be the same. But nobody does mergers and acquisitions with a desire to keep staff at 100%. It yeah. doesn't make sense, especially if you're a publicly owned company like Microsoft. Anything right. about that sort of bloat doesn't make sense. I don't know if you got it in your email, but in my game journalism email box, I got a message from the Bethesda PR team saying, we're all exactly the same. You're going to keep Pete on Hines, reach, yeah. reach, reaching out to the same. It was actually it was somebody beneath Pete just being oh, okay. like, hey, Ars Technica, just yeah. if you need anything. I'm like, yeah, well. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how long that lasts because yeah. Microsoft's PR machine is it's its own beast. I, like Mojang doesn't reach out to me with PR uh, internally, that, although they do have their own internal PR team. Right. So it's but it's going to be interesting to see. That's the stuff we as gamers won't see. What we're yeah. going to see instead is whatever it is that Bethesda showed Microsoft and said, all right. Sign the paper because they showed him something. Microsoft isn't spending $7.5 billion just on porting Skyrim again. Right. What does this mean for Xbox Series X? What do you think the pre-orders are going to be like tomorrow? You know, I think it's good news for pre-orders for people who go, okay, I need people who were kind of on the fence but thought Xbox Series X would be interesting this year are going to feel a little safer. But yeah. that doesn't change the fact that PlayStation 5 has legitimate exclusives. Yeah. Uh, Demon Souls and then higher res, higher, crazier uh, Miles Morales. Yeah. Like those, it's not a lot, but no. it's something. And and Microsoft has uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla is going to look better and Dirt 5 is going <laughs> to look like, which is good, but it's not the same sales pitch. So I, I think those numbers will bear out. Um, but, you know, the idea of you, whoever's not buying a system right now is going to feel a lot. The undecided voter count, I think, is just shot up for anyone who's saving their money for 2021. Right. And that's and 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 if you're saving your money until 2021 and you need something to play in the meantime, Xbox Game Pass sure is cheap at $15 a month on your computer. And maybe if you have an older Xbox. So it's like, oh, OK, I can tread water and kind of dig into the Xbox ecosystem. So I think the Game Pass subscriptions that come up by the end of this year, because I don't know if you saw in the notes, but it was the one thing buried was uh, Game Game Pass subscribers worldwide. I don't know if it was worldwide or just U.S. 15 million. And the last time we got a confirmation was just months ago at 10 million. Wow. So yeah. that pace of how many people are locking in and paying that 15 a month and getting a lot of content on console, on Windows 10. And if you're on Ultimate, then you also get it on cloud streaming. Uh, that's that's pretty darn good growth. It's pretty exciting, yeah. And I think that uh, you know Xbox is going to be even more aggressive with this. And who knows if the iOS thing is actually going to happen, even though Apple is making it harder for these guys to say yes to that. But it would be... Uh, you know, exploding the audience for something like Game Pass through xCloud uh, in some pretty massive ways. Uh, I've got some good comments in here. Blade Runner um, uh, says uh, Microsoft is making power moves from uh, and and uh, Team Xbox ain't messing around. Um, good to see everybody, by the way. L Lewis uh, 
Arias. Arias? Did I get that right, Lewis? Uh, Fallout New Vegas 2 will finally be possible, but still uh, not be made. And that's a very good uh, comment there because they own Obsidian, obviously, and now they're all in the same family. I don't I don't know if that commenter saw that there is already rumblings for somebody who works for Obsidian directly replied to a fan question about Fallout New Vegas 2 with the eyeballs emoji. Like that's, that's out awesome. there. And the, and I mean, even if it's not going to happen, the fact that th that's a, that's a pretty good social media game. But I mean, if we were going to talk about crazy social media ticklings, John Carmack, who is currently gainfully employed as part of the Oculus Facebook family. Is, is he still there? I don't know if is he kind still? of, I don't yeah. know if he's on the board. He definitely works for that. Like oh. he's, he was just part of Facebook connect. Okay. He, uh, he posted a, I think Microsoft has been a good parent company for gaming IPs and they don't have a grudge against me. So maybe I will That's be able crazy. to re-engage with some of my old titles. So cheeky, and then, John. And replying to that was Tom Hall, who worked with John Carmack on the original Doom games, who yeah. said, yeah, I have one particular one in mind, Winky Face. Oh, so wow. that's out there. That's that's a thing where you hear that kind of legend saying, huh, what can we do with Doom? You know, like you know that, what's Quake. almost more exciting in this announcement Um because they're gobbling up companies that, yes, are very good at making console games, but there's also like this PC gaming history that's just like really evolving here. And, you know, Game Pass on PC is just really getting going. And it's pretty remarkable as well. Like you get all of these console versions of, you know, console games-ish uh, on PC. But now there's going to be this this history, this pedigree, this library of incredible uh, PC software, uh, presumably attached to this. It's going to well, be insane. One thing that cracks me up is what does this do to the Bethesda.net launcher, which yeah. some PC players may know as a place where you could exclusively oh, get man. certain games, although eventually Fallout 76 relented and went to Steam and yeah. then to gangbusters there. But yeah, what happens to that? Does that just get shut down? Does that get folded into Game Pass? I actually booted it up just before uh, getting on the call with you and I'm like, God, this app is trash. So that's... <laughs> That's good news for everybody, in my opinion. <laughs> Whatever happens, I I will I will shed zero tears for the Bethesda.net launcher. Let me let me read a few more comments here. Um, if new games are a hundred bucks and a theoretical Doom Three is a hundred to two hundred dollars, uh, two hundred dollars more gets you a new console plus all the other games on GP. So people are talking about subscriptions. Um, Xbox Series X has Game Pass Ultimate. Why buy a PS5? It's a brick at launch, 100%. We got uh, console war in the comments here. This is from Max out there throwing down the gauntlet. Yeah, uh, I'm going I'm, I'm to tell Max to, to calm just a little bit. I think, <laughs> because what this is, I don't think this is bad news um, in terms of where games are going to be. I think that the accessibility... Again, Microsoft is a better steward than other giant companies for where future games are going to land. So again, bad news for Skyrim, but I think most of the other stuff, again, we still have Elder Scrolls Online operating on multiple consoles. That's been announced as a continuation. Yeah. We still have Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop honoring their current PlayStation exclusivity. Right. So yeah, if you've got that PS5, you're going to be first to the two next big Bethesda games. So We just got to worry on Switch as well. Like they, right. you know, Microsoft is playing nice. And, and Minecraft Dungeons is available on everything, right? It's on PlayStation 4. Oh, yeah, well. it's on yeah. everything. And I mean, yeah, because Microsoft knows that if you like Microsoft and you buy their stuff wherever it is, they're going to do just fine. Yeah. Because Microsoft has generally a play to essentially say, you know what? If we offer you enough things that you choose to pay for instead of you being the customer, 
that is how Microsoft competes against Facebook. Right. That's how Microsoft competes against Google is they come out and they say, listen, you've got money to spend per month on services. Maybe it's Office 365. Maybe it's Xbox Game Pass. But notice we're not sh making you the customer. We're not centering it around advertising. We're going to try and make it so that we have services that you pay for and you get what you pay for. I I'm into it. Like I'm not sitting around here saying Microsoft is perfect, but I've been made sick by Facebook revelation after Facebook revelation as of late. Yeah. And I think this is as good of a time as any for them to just be bullish and say, stop taking this stuff for free, pay up a little bit and we're going to hook you up and we're going to take care of you and we're going to retain you as a customer and we're going to make our money and you're going to be happy and hooray for everybody. So do you, do you like, that's a, that's the question, right? What's their target next? Are they going into uh, social media or like, what, what are they, what are they looking at? Like what's, Oh goodness. Uh, I, I mean, that's a good question because Microsoft, Microsoft has all of these different teams that continue. I mean, the joke is that every department at Microsoft is battling with each other. That's right. always been the case. And they've yes. done, and I think their leadership has done a better job streamlining that over the years. Uh, like, you know, the, the whole Connect debacle was a perfect example of the worst of Microsoft. In one, excitement changed everything and stuff got canceled and shifted and it was not a good idea because it was short-term investment over long-term strategy. Right. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know necessarily that they're about social media. But I do think uh, I, I don't think TikTok would have made sense for whatever they have planned because I'm not an insider. You know, there are certain like Brad Sams over at Thurot. He's a Seattle guy who's really tapped into what Microsoft's doing. Yeah. I just think they just want users to to get in and pay money. They why, just want that constant revenue, and they can why build. Why would they you. bow out on on Mixer when they're buying all of these massive game studios? Like they're going to have so many games in the next five years. Because they bombed, they, they never, they never figured it out. Whatever, whatever group got that company yeah. again, that was one where it's about user acquisition, not about revenue. And yeah. so they weren't maybe the users, right? Yeah, but it seems like that's what they're paying for now is to get those users. Wouldn't why wouldn't they want a social video application to go along with it? Why bow out now? That's so weird. That's a good question. Maybe maybe all of this stuff about connecting everybody through the Xbox app because that's another thing that came out today is yeah. there's a brand new Xbox app. You can do things like download games before you own them. You can right. download the files for games that you're buying a disc for. They won't work unless you get the disc. So let's say right. you're really interested in Cyberpunk 2077 and you want to get the day one patch and all the files just ready to go and you put the disc in on day one and it unlocks. That's an option. Yeah. Uh, they've got remote streaming where you stream from your Xbox to whatever other device in your house. That's now just a default option for everybody. So getting everybody hooked into the app less because they're chasing Twitch and more because they want to play fun games I think maybe that's just a, a, a stronger play. I feel like that's more of a Phil Spencer move. Like Mixer was not, maybe not a Phil Spencer move, and this is. Right. Yeah, this does feel like absolutely, yeah, 100%. It's coming from the games division going, this will be good for our portfolio. And honestly, I think it was, uh, you know, they already had a pretty symbiotic scratch your back, scratch my back kind of relationship with Bethesda anyways. It, it stretches back multiple years. So there is a... Uh, uh, a reasonable kind of quality to all this. It kind of makes sense. It's a big, big play, and it's a massive bit of news. That's why we're, we're you know, we're doing a live conversation about this. Yeah. Um, because it's so big for the business, especially the day before uh, pre-orders pre are out there for Xbox Series X. But 
it does kind of make sense, you know? And do you see this as sort of the end of Xbox's buying spree? Or are, are they are they going to turn this into a, a discussion with WB, let's say, and say, we want to make Batman our exclusive character on Xbox, like Spider-Man is exclusive on, Spy- on PlayStation? I make zero predictions about what Microsoft does with their war chest. I think yeah. they need to reach a certain threshold to say, hey... Uh, everybody on the executive team, this is what we need to spend to create 5, 10, 15 years of revenue. Right. Uh, do they need to do more of that before the end of next year? Maybe. Uh, what shape does that take? Maybe a Japanese game company. Because Microsoft always kind of talks about Japan and always kind of doesn't pull mm. it off. Yeah. So I, I feel like, and I'm not sure that'll necessarily happen, uh, because again, we're this many years into the world of Xbox and still looking at things like Scalebound as an example of essentially Microsoft plus Japan. But I do see that being maybe one more piece, but I don't know that they're going to get a bigger... I mean, what's why don't they buy Platinum? I mean, I I, I don't wish that for Platinum. Oh, no. I don't... Whatever whatever they... Platinum has... Their trajectory, I'm not sure, especially with their history with them, that that's necessarily the play. No. But I just, I just think that's the one, more, one more giant quiver. I yeah. see that more likely than a Western or a European purchase. Dude, um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's awesome that Platinum's a solo publisher now, and they're trying their own thing. I think that's fantastic. But I don't know what Sony, Nintendo, or Microsoft are doing, letting that incredible studio you know, chart their own path. If they had them, either one of these three companies had that pedigree under their... It's like, you know, the the thing I think when you say that is, you know that one guy who just can't seem to lock down a long-term relationship (laughs) and you know that that person dated so-and-so and and the other person and the other person and you're like, it could be by choice on the other side, yes. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't have insider information on Platinum, so, but it's what I think. When I was out there last uh, November, I certainly got a a sense of the candid, um, I mean, it was still stinging that scale bound didn't happen. Like they yeah. were very, it was front and center. It was a big part of, you know, the, uh, the, honestly, the move for them to become a publisher on their own right, which, you know, who can beget that? Who could begrudge that? That's fantastic I, that they are. But there's such I mean, good developers. The thing about Bethesda today that mm-hmm. really hits me is this might have not happened if Halo Infinite had come out. No. We'll never know. No. We will never know. No. I mean, this, this has got to be a year in discussion. But it's just it's just weird it that it, it maybe it wouldn't have happened today. Maybe they maybe, would have saved it. Yeah, maybe it yes. would have been earlier. Yeah. But when you like I do, I'm going to forever wonder, like when we go back and write the history book right. on the Series S and Series X lifespan. Yeah. It's be, incredibly really... significant. This is happening today. I mean, that that is absolutely true. The day before you can purchase these new consoles. This news drop incredibly significant, but I, I I don't think it was tied to whether Infinite was going to launch. I think this was this was probably one of the you know the brass rings or the the crowns that uh, Phil and his team was looking at. You know, yeah. Once the oh yeah, no, I'm not saying it's contingent. I just yeah. do wonder. I wonder about the timeline. I wonder what got scrambled, what got pushed ahead. Uh, but the yeah, the day before the pre-orders and the fact that it didn't leak at all. I mean that that to me That's is huge. Complete- it's completely shocking because this is yeah. a business acquisition conversation, <laughs> which is completely different than like leaking a phone or leaking a controller Dude. or things like that. Like yeah, this look, is 
This this is like one of the biggest Mondays in the history of the video game industry. Like I I cannot remember a Monday morning waking up to bigger Mortal Come on Mortal Monday. Let's go back in time, man. <laughs> I mean, this is it's a massive deal. That and, was Mortal Kombat 2 for all the kids in the chat. Sorry oh, Mortal Kombat 2, wonderful. Um okay, let's read a couple more comments here. Uh, I, and thank you all for joining us. I'm just going to read some names here. Thank you Marco A and uh Will Gelger and Unknown. That's very vague there. Uh T-Dog, good to see you. Uh Microsoft dropping fat stacks everywhere. T-Dog is saying. Uh we got uh, Abby Jamison, that 35 bucks a month installment plan for Xbox Series X and Game Pass Ultimate is sounding better and better. Good point. Uh, the Xbox All Access. You've just you've just gotten people to say, we even looked at it. You save a tiny bit of money if you yeah. plan on on paying for um, Game Pass Ultimate because of it's, the way that and, the cost breaks down. And it should sort of bear that way, right? Because that, I mean, that's what your monthly you know subscription to content does as well. You save money if you're a consumer of that content. That's why. That's how they get you into it. Yeah. Uh, Daryl uh, Yeadon, pretty much good news. Graham Coombe says, I feel like it's going to make pl the playing field a lot more competitive, which is great for the consumer. Uh, you know, I'm not seeing too much hate on this. I have seen a little bit of <laughs> Will Gel Gelger says Phil Spencer for president. I I'm not seeing too many um, people like up in arms about this. I saw one comment about anti-consumer, um, which... I mean, if it was again, if it was somebody else doing the acquiring, maybe. But Microsoft has sure built up a good reputation that yeah. those years with Minecraft, I think, are the best. Like, that's how you sell this. And right. that's how you get goodwill is you make clear to people, we want your money and we're not going to make it a pain in the butt for you to, to spend it. Yeah. I, you like, know, especially especially because you can get so much stuff on Steam by Microsoft right now, because right. that. You the, the the consensus was always they want to lock you into the garbage Windows 10 store. And that's not the case. No. Uh, like, you know, I even to this day, I'm like, am I going to get the Game Pass version or let, am I going to pony up for let, the Steam version? Let's talk about Steam here for a second. Sure. How do you make the Netflix of games without acquiring a service like Steam? How do you do... Oh, I think Microsoft has put numbers. On, they have taken an envelope and pushed it across the table to <laughs> Valve in the past. I don't know how recently they last tried this, yeah. but every time Gabe just pushes it right back. I mean, they'll do, when they you do see, those flight chats like at least a few times a, a decade. Well, and when you see a deal like this happen, that doesn't seem impossible at all anymore, does it? Just the idea of Microsoft going to Gabe and saying, and the team over there and saying. Um, we want to here, play this for real. Here's an EP exclusive for the people listening. Yeah. What Valve is working on, they do not want bought out. Okay. Oh, it's another step. What Valve Can is working on, <laughs> they do not want bought out. They do not want public ownership. They do not want all of that scrutiny. It, that's is, been the case. That's been the case since before Steam VR. Is it? Like Steam related or development related software. I that's all I'm giving you, man, because okay. what I know is very vague. Okay. Okay. Wow, an interesting day. Um, uh, some really really great comments in here, and uh, I definitely. Oh, thank you, Matt Houston. You rock, man. That's very cool. Um, I, I definitely want you guys in the archive of this. Um, to you know. Hit us up with some of your theories about what this is going to mean for uh, the future of both of these companies and the Xbox platform versus the other competitors out there. 
um, your thoughts on whether this is good or not for video games. I, what, what do you think, Sam? Is this good for games, news like this? I think it's I, I think it's 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 moving the trajectory forward. It's a big big industry and it's a big move for a big industry and it's not shocking and I don't think it's going to make Bethesda worse. Like I'd said, this was the perfect time for Bethesda to get a sort of surge of something to mix things up. Does this mean games will get canceled? Does this mean certain things will get shrunken down or merged or producers will mess stuff up in the works? Probably, because that's what happens with this stuff. But yeah. I don't think, based on what we've seen from Bethesda for the past few years, that that's bad news for the, the trajectory they've already been on. Like, I think that just, just as a fan of, like, I want to see cool games continue to exist, I think it's good news in that sense. I, I mean, it's really... Because there, we have these questions pop up from time to time, whether Microsoft is just going to, like, get out of games, you know? And a deal like this really underlines... Hell no, they are never getting out of video games. Video games are incredibly important to Microsoft, just as they are to Sony as a you know the mothership over PlayStation. And uh, it isn't about what the market is today. It's about where this medium is really going. And and I think that that's what's exciting about this. It's the investment well, in the future of game making and development. Well, again. The thing about a gaming subscription service that's different than a video or television subscription service is that, again, it, gaming is about how you interact with it and who joins you in that interaction. Right. So let's take the Netflix show Big Mouth. If that hops to another service, okay, I like that cartoon. I'll switch to whatever buys it out. But with a gaming subscription service, that's a friends list. That's achievements. That's my save files. That's my attachment with my controllers, with what screens I connect to and how I play and those sorts of options. It is a completely different proposition. And that is why folks at the very, very top who look at video games and go, maybe they don't make as much money as enterprise are still going to go, all right. Let's invest in it. Let's keep people happy. Let's keep people in their home. So that is, to me, why we're going to continue to see this work in ways that can't just be bought out. Other people aren't going to be able to just create, you know, game place. You're not yeah. going to see PlayStation game place and have it just magically work the same way. Yeah, it's honestly, it's about having that uh, that subscription. It's about having that that uh, repeat customer guaranteed show show up all. I mean, we're seeing the evaluation of Netflix. It's just it's eclipsed Disney, or it, it hovers as much as what Disney is worth, and all they provide, which is a lot, is streaming content. Streaming. Oh man, now content. I now I want the Netflix uh, theme park. The well, uh... That's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> the, or the orange is the new black ride is going to be a real trip. <laughs> and, and honestly, that's what's happening. These, these streaming services and these these uh, um, subscription services that we are tethered to, just like we're seeing Nintendo enter the theme park kind of atmosphere. I, I, I mean, this is our connection to popular culture, right? And and uh, you know, Xbox is smart enough to understand that, and they want to make games as much a part of that conversation and a part of that diet as uh, movies and TV shows have been. And, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it's a, it's a profound statement, you know, it's a surprise um, that makes sense, but it's a profound statement and a, a profound uh, show of support for this inventor, you know, honestly, cause they're, inve they're investing in people that may be looking at, passing the baton you know like Todd Howard has made a ton of stuff he's been there for a long time this may be the the sort of 
the path to him saying, okay, I'm not going to do this forever. He's passing it on. And that's what's really remarkable here. It's not like even the Mojang deal was all about, uh, you know, uh, potential. And it was still kind of an emerging thing. And it looked crazy, but I think Microsoft said, there's so much that we can do with this idea. With this, it's about history, but also with what these brands can mean for the future. Well, let's also just, I know we're going on forever and ever, but my closing feeling really is that you as a game maker, when you own a giant portfolio of studios and you have a flat amount of revenue that comes in, no matter what content is there, what that means is you as the subscription holder can say, okay, Wasteland 3, hardcore kind of PC game. Then we have episodic episodic content like tell me why which you would never necessarily go pick up at retail or be eager to do the subscription thing with battletoads in the middle a, a, a wacky experiment that's not perfect but like because it's part of game pass i'm like sweet okay that's this more Let's of this content yeah. and so what you end up with are all these places where i can go you know what i'm only into a certain kind of game microsoft has pretty much all of those little chunks locked down. And then that means you go, well, since I'm already here in wasteland territory, I'll give this episodic thing a try and vice versa. And then you're like, oh, well, I like certain games and my partner or my family likes different ones. And so all you have to do as Microsoft is go, the amount we spend per year has to be eclipsed by the amount of revenue we get per year. And when you've got Bethesda coming in the mix, what they're saying is, well, we're we're tracking, we're tracking the amount of revenue we're going to get per year. It's enough. And that and that's just going to continue growing Bethesda's ability to hand that mantle off to new developers. And when they take those risks to not get them canceled because, oh, well, that's not going to move units at Walmart or Americans aren't into that kind of game anymore. All the things that's all the things that stifle you and I have heard all the behind the scenes stories about studios that come up with these ideas and a producer or a thing happens and it just doesn't happen. And this could be liberating for exactly the kind of weird boundary pushing new IP from a company like Bethesda that they haven't done in a while. Totally. So I yeah. think I look at this as going, I'm not saying it's the master stroke. They could still mess it up, but it leaves that room. And again, if Bethesda tanks, boy, there's still so many other studios in the mix. What's going to be interesting is to chart the amount of time that people spend in a service like Game Pass and compare that to the amount of time that people spend in Netflix, and and then to also watch that subscript that scri- subscriber count rise and rise and rise, because really that's what we're talking about here. You know, at the end of the day, it's how much time does a human being have to entertain themselves, and we're going to see Game Pass. It, it honestly, Game Pass is going to be not fighting. It, it, you know, I think if Microsoft sees it the way that they want it to want it to play out, they're going to be fighting Netflix. They're not going to be fighting PlayStation. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, right, but. But we've been talking about that blue ocean since the Wii era of, okay, we've got all this entertainment in the world. Everyone's digitally fluent. What are we going for? Well, you know, a pandemic has a a really interesting way of changing what devices we take the time for and learn and and get our handle on. And yeah, now that we have like an Xbox app that works on the phone in a way, I mean, goodness, I just look now, it says set up with console. Does that mean I'm going to be using my phone to very neatly sync up my new Xbox series and, and go from there? Like this world's happening, man. And I'm into it.
I know, it's very cool. A couple more quick comments here. Microsoft made it clear a while ago they don't care what platform you play game, uh, Microsoft games on as long as you were buying and playing Microsoft games. That's from CrusherBad64. 100%, and thank you for the super chat, by the way. You're very cool. Uh, but 100%, that, that's their philosophy is they want to... Uh, uh, they want to be wherever a human being is. You know, they want people to be able to access. And it's the only way to to think about this in the future. I mean, even PlayStation is saying we're going to publish a lot more stuff on PC. Why the hell wouldn't they? You know, right. and but Nintendo is slowly, what I've heard, slowly getting out of mobile game publishing. And maybe they've got some solutions in this this way too. Maybe yeah, they're, it's, they're, it's they're been a minute since they published a new game. Even though yeah. Dragalia, like when I was in Japan uh, about a year and a half ago, Dragalia Lost was everywhere on every billboard. And I don't, I, I can't speak to the Japanese mobile sector right now on who's owning and crushing that. Yeah. Listen, if we want to go off the rails of talking about the complete international market of how people are spending money in different markets of dollars in China, in India, and how that's going to change things. That that's a whole nother like two years that you and I could be talking. But let's just be clear. What Microsoft is doing is always with the entire world in mind. Microsoft is a company that has products that do better outside of the United States than they do inside the United States. Right. So when they spend that money on Bethesda, they're yeah. not worried about you in the comments section in North America uh, as much as they are about a 15 year plan over an entire globe. Uh, it's crazy. I, uh, an excellent comment here under um, uh, under Crusher Bad sixty fours is from uh, Pulp Vision, who says Gears of Doom. And yes, the crossovers. And there was also somebody else. I can't remember who who posted this, but we may get that the crossover things are huge. But we may get a like a uh, a Smash Brothers with all the Microsoft characters at some. You know, point. they could do it. They could just do a Bethesda. A, a Bethesda, Bethesda Smash alone, I think, would actually be pretty good, <laughs> so uh, especially great. if they get Commander Keen in there for the yes. for the classic id stuff. I mean, I, I think that yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, it's bring it uh, on. It, it it certainly gets the the mind reeling and uh, thinking about all kinds of stuff. Um, and certainly, we're all thinking what what is Sony going to counter with? Uh, they don't need much help in getting uh, the hype on the PlayStation 5 pre-orders. That's those seem to be doing. Did you get one, by the way, Sam? Are you all set yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, I got one. <laughs> Excitement's not the word because I've, I got, well, I just got the the RTX 3080 and I've been playing with that and that's a beast. Oh, that's awesome, man. I'm like, when we get off this call, I'm going to have it, I'm going to try and run the new Crisis Remastered, which appears to be a whole mess. But <laughs> like, there's, so, there, there's a lot of technology showing up. There might be uh, some technology that I talk about on Wednesday of this week at Ars Technica. It, that might be a thing. Just, you know, keep right that on. in your calendar just in case. I don't know. That's Very possible. Good. Very good. Yeah, exciting times, right? This is uh, an exciting fall season with a lot of upheaval and a lot of change uh, and lots and lots to talk about. This is uh, Sam Miskovich. You can read all of his incredible articles and insight on uh, ArsTechnica.com. Please do that. Please support Sam and follow him on Twitter uh, at SamRed. I didn't put our name keys up. I got to get that on the next time I do a live stream like this. Uh, thank you so much, sir, for jumping on with me and for being a part of this. This was a wonderful conversation that really has no end. And uh, I know we're going to be discussing more and more aspects of this as time goes on. But I appreciate all of you for uh, jumping on to our live chat and being a part of this. Uh, thank you all for your support. Thanks for watching. We will see you very soon. And until then, play forever.